section eleven of eleven possible cases by various this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. recording by kate fallis eleven possible cases by various the mystic crew by maurice thompson chapter two evening was drawing on sending a soft twilight into the room when coleman's dinner was brought in by a shy and silent old coloured woman he had not ordered the meal nor had he felt the need of it doubtless the stimulus afforded by the unusual character of his surroundings held his sense of hunger in abeyance the old woman retired as soon as she had arranged the repast on a round mahogany table coleman found the oysters the wine the broiled fish the french bread and the black coffee excellent to such a degree that he ate almost everything before him then leaning far back in his chair he began to study the silver set from which all those good things had been taken the platter was in the form of a flounder the sugar-bowl was a frog the cream pitcher a heron the coffee-pot a pelican these curious pieces were exquisitely carved and on each was cut the name favar de comartine in plain bold letters even on the five-armed silver candlestick in which burned fragrant myrtle-wax tapers appeared that striking inscription he surveyed the room now with a more critical eye discovering at once that the pictures the curtains the carpets and indeed all the articles of furniture were costly and beautiful beyond anything he had ever seen before evidently he was in judge favart comartin's house the moon was shining brilliantly when coleman went forth for a short walk in the street not many people were abroad it being the dinner hour but certain cafes were crowded with men and women who were drinking champagne and discussing the dishes on well-spread tables at the door of one of these gorgeous rooms coleman met the young man whom a few hours before he had seen leading the singers in the street it occurred to him that now was as good as any time to present his letter to the judge so he forthwith stepped near him and said lifting his hat i believe i have the honour of meeting judge favart de camartine the gentleman stared at him a moment very deliberately then with just a suspicion of a smile and with a courteous dignity wholly inimitable and indescribable doffed his queer little black cap as he spoke and who does me the honour of addressing me i am hepworth coleman of new york ah i hold a letter to you from mr phineas cartwright of the firm of cartwright and vanderveer bankers indeed i feel honoured coleman produced the letter and tendered it but not without a vague feeling of insecurity of some sort he had not expected this peculiar reserve and caution on the part of the judge could it be that he was to be treated as an infliction to be borne for mere policy's sake 
his distrust and doubt however were of short duration for the judge had no sooner read the epistle which was much longer than any mere letter of introduction than his whole manner changed he held out his hand i am charmed delighted sir he said with a slight creole accent that made his voice very pleasing i am proud to see you i hope you find your rooms agreeable coleman clasped his hand and felt that measure of relief which comes when one is suddenly lifted out of a very awkward situation the judge read the banker's letter over again with great deliberation and apparently with much concentration of mind while coleman who could not remove his eyes from his fascinating dark face stood waiting for an opportunity to say you do me infinite honour judge in quartering me in your own house i had not expected and could not expect such hospitality the judge hesitated then with calm smile remarked that whatever he could do for so distinguished a visitor would be but a small expression of the greater hospitality that he would like to bestow were he able and now he presently continued come with me to my own private apartments where we can have some quiet conversation and a smoke coleman could not fail to see that the judge was still somewhat touched with wine though the mood of wild hilarity had passed off they passed along the street until they reached a narrow blind alley into which the moonlight fell but dimly between dusky walls to coleman's surprise the judge led the way into this then up a flight of winding and rather rickety stairs to a dark hall along which they passed to what seemed a great distance at the end the judge fumbled for some time and by some means opened a low heavy door leading into a room that reeked with the odour of tobacco and the fumes of wine passing across this by the light of a dim dormer window they reached a close passageway which led to another prison-like door which the judge managed to open after a great deal of trouble the room that they now entered was exceedingly small a mere cell in extent as coleman felt rather than saw the walls damp and grimy being almost within reach on either hand stand here for one moment please said the judge touching coleman's arm until i call a servant then he stepped briskly back through the doorway and drew the solid shutter to with a hollow clang some strange echoes went wandering away as if from distance to distance above below around followed by absolute silence a faint flicker of light came from above but it seemed a reflection rather than a direct beam from the moon and the air was close heavy atrociously bad coleman stood amazed for a few moments before going to the door which he found immovable he groped around the wall only to discover that there was no other outlet end of section eleven